0: Well, how's it going, Hawks fans? I'm Nico Tamari, and welcome to the Como Sports End Zone. And it's always a better Monday, right, when the Hawks have a really nice win to speak of, and that's certainly what they do in this game with the Rams, 27-23 the final. And when you look at this game, it is exactly something where you just, okay, I get it. The Hawks were favored by seven. I get it. They were supposed to win this game. I get it that it wasn't always pretty. But that is the kind of stuff you absolutely have to throw out the window in this game. Why? Well, the Hawks, obviously, were on that two-game skid. And this keeps that playoff hope, not that it would have been gone with a loss, right? But it keeps those playoff hopes on track is the best way I would describe that. It keeps everything right in front of this team to the point where if the playoffs started today, they would be in. And I think that's something that you really can't ignore. That's something that Again, when you look at the body of work with this club, you you see Geno Smith playing at an MVP caliber. You see these rookies that are, you say, overachieving simply because you don't expect a rookie to play at that level. But honestly, uh, these guys, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, did their due diligence on to the point where they knew Tariq Woolen well had the potential. Now, they didn't know he was going to be this great. Tied for the NFL lead, interceptions, got six now, which is crazy. But they knew he had the tools. They knew that Kenneth Walker III could be a special player. And I think that when you look top to bottom at this team, it's a really special future that could be ahead here. Not just, to quote Pete Carroll from earlier this season, honestly, not just in the months and years to come, but like in the next few weeks. This is something that we can be excited about. And I think that, overall, this is something that when you look at this one win against the Rams, I absolutely love so much about it. And here's why. Because while the win over the Rams was expected, it's the what we saw at the end, the way this team did it, that really can pay dividends the rest of this season. I think that when you look at that last drive, Geno Smith, again, has been putting up those MVP caliber numbers. But we saw something today we had not yet seen in a Seahawk uniform for Geno winning, leading in a game-winning drive situation. Okay, so Cam Akers gets that touchdown just under three minutes to go. It's 23-20 Rams. And, okay, maybe based on the last two games you weren't optimistic. Maybe based on the fact that you hadn't seen Geno Smith do that yet, Leader game-winning drive, uh, maybe had you a little bit you know, wondering, okay, is this the end of this game? What can they possibly do here going forward? So what did Geno do? Well, found DK Metcalf boom then he found Noah Fant then he found Tyler Lockett on a third and 10 mind you that was a really really difficult play and yeah maybe saved the game then he finds Marquise Goodwin and then he finds Metcalf again for the game-winning touchdown with 36 seconds left Geno Smith not just had an MVP caliber game with the crazy stats that we've seen he leads the NFL in completion percentage by a mile Okay, in this game, he almost hit 75% again. He's 28 of 39. He not only threw three touchdown passes, including that game winner. He not only threw 367 yards in this game, but he led his team to victory. And every Seahawk that we heard from after this game, they said it all. They said, listen, this is who he is. He's a leader. That's who Geno Smith is. He leads this team. And... It all goes back to the conversations we've been having all offseason. Back when everybody thought the Seahawks were going to trade or sign somebody. When then everybody thought they were going to draft somebody. And then it was, you know, well, Drew Locke's probably going to start. And and I admit, I thought Drew Locke was going to start. But Geno Smith showed the world today. Showed the world today. What Pete Carroll saw all summer and has seen for years before that. And you know what? Maybe in a lot of ways... Made this team feel a little bit easier about trading Russell Wilson. Now listen, I am not stating they traded Russell Wilson because of Geno Smith. Not one bit. They traded Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson made it clear he didn't want to be here, right? The agent leaking out teams all the time for like two straight years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why that happened. And of course, you get back the crazy amount of draft picks, which by the way, the Broncos lost Sunday. So the Seahawks are getting closer and closer to having a top five pick locked in which is insanity. Okay, and of course you get Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, True Lock. In addition to that though, it's a system and and Pete Carroll is constantly preaching about the environment at VMAC. Shoot you walk in there, they've got the basketball hoop going. It's like you're it's not like you're walking into an NFL facility. I mean it is because it is one and it's a beautiful one at that. But it's like you're walking into a friend's house. Everybody's in good mood there. Everything's even in like if the games haven't been going well lately, and that's just part of the environment of Hawks football, an environment now that at least on the field is led by Geno Smith. And Geno Smith has been waiting for years to showcase his ability, his talent, his apparently clutch gene that was on full display in this win over the Rams. You know, and I think that overall, hit the microphone there, sorry, that's why I heard that noise, I'm a little excited about this. I think that overall, when you look at when this season's done, and whatever may happen down the stretch, you're gonna look at this Rams game and 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 say, okay, that's when we learned something about this team. That they would be able to weather the storm, be able to get over those bumps in the road. And those bumps being the losses to the Bucks and the Raiders. That Rams game is when we learned that they would be able to overcome all that kind of stuff and find a way to win. And I think that again. Twitter and, and social media is such a necessary evil in our journalism fields right it's it's the quickest way to get out information and it, and it's a great way to connect with fans and there's a lot of great Seahawks and Mariners and Kraken fans all over Twitter okay I'm not I'm not you know painting the broad brush of any fan base here in town with this but inevitably when you're on Twitter and, and you, if you post something complimentary about Gino or anybody there's gonna be somebody negative out there and I just remember, in the final minutes of this game, as time was winding down, it was getting down to the last few minutes, and we were talking about the opportunity ahead of this team, and it was somebody who said to me, you know, they said, quote, Gino sucks. And I'm like, wait, what? You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> why? There's no need for that. And what are you basing that on? Like, have you seen the guy this year? He's been awesome. And, inevitably, you've got somebody who's going to do that. And, we saw it today, and Gino just shut them right up. And, I know Gino looks at social media, man. Like, he's replied to a lot of people on here. I hope he saw that. I doubt he did, on this one in particular. But, you know, it's just, again, I'm saying this Rams game, this finish, was a turnaround in a lot of ways. Not in the sense that, like, the Seahawks were suddenly floundering. No, they, they lost two in a row, but... You know, from the standpoint of this is when they stopped that little two-game skid. This is when we learned, we all on the outside of that facility learned, how clutch Geno Smith can be, uh, the way he can orchestrate a game-winning drive. And you kind of knew he could, right, just based on on the types of performances we've seen from Geno. But we saw it firsthand. There's no doubting it now. And so I don't care if it was against the 3-9 and Rams. I don't care if it was against the new state champs in Yelm. Congrats to them, the Tornadoes. I don't care if it was against the Como All-Stars. Well, we don't have that team because we would be really bad. My point is, clutch is clutch, and the Rams are still an NFL team, and I know they're a bit depleted. No Aaron Donald on defense, and obviously the offense is incredibly depleted. But when he needed to, in less than three minutes, he marched his team down the field. And they got the win they needed. The, the win that they absolutely needed. A win that, if they didn't get, we're sitting here talking about a 6-6 six and six team that, oh boy, it is the uphill climb of uphill climbs to try and make the postseason in the playoffs. Instead, we're talking about a team that's 7-5. and five. One game behind the Niners, who, mind you, <laughs> they uh, not that you want to see anybody get hurt, but remember Jimmy G, it's hard to remember, he's the backup. He's replacing Trey Lance, who was hurt against the Hawks back in Week 2. While Jimmy G broke his foot on Sunday, he's out for the season. And so it's Brock Purdy, the rookie, leading the show for the Niners. And they still beat Miami. That was an impressive win. Um, But you're one game behind a team with a third-string rookie quarterback. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of an opening there. If there wasn't already, and I would contend that there already was, I would contend that that, that, that maybe it already was From the standpoint that, um, you know, I think the Hawks had a real good shot at this already. But then you see all this and you're like, well, wait a minute here. Wait, wait just a minute. This team we know can win in in the close calls. And we already, listen, we already saw this against Denver, right? Winning a close game like that. The difference is... That in that game, if you recall, the offense kind of sputtered in the second half. And that's not the knock on it. It's just that the way they won that was the defense slowed down the Broncos enough to where they allowed Nathaniel Hackett to kind of mess things up with a 60-something yard field goal attempt, right? This game, at the finish, the Seahawks went out and took it. And I just think that speaks volumes about this team. And again, I don't care who it was against. I don't care. I don't. Are you going to knock it if they do it against the Panthers next week? Because the Panthers don't have the best record in the NFL right now. You know what I'm, you, that's what I'm getting at here. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel—it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash with amex. Here is that the idea that you know—I don't care if it's four and eight Carolina, I don't care if it's the three and nine Rams, I don't care if it's the nine and three Chiefs—a comeback win with the game on the line in the final minutes is a comeback win in the final minutes with the game on the line—and. It's it's something that you all should put stock in as Hawks fans and twelves. That I don't know how the last five games are going to go. If you want me to predict, they're seven and five right now. I think they finish ten and seven or nine and eight. I mean, I said seven to nine wins back in August, so it's not like I'm going out on a limb by saying all that. But I think that when you look at what we saw in this game, yeah, I think that that's more confidence that this team it gives you more confidence that this team is going to finish the season the right way, that they're going to make that playoffs, that they're going to make the playoffs and have a top-five pick to maybe draft a franchise-changing linebacker. You know, I was thinking for a long time this team would maybe draft Michael Penix in the mid-rounds and have him sit and learn from Geno Smith and then take the reins. But uh, Mike's going back to UW. Did you hear about that? Penix is going to return to the Huskies and – they're not going to get the whole East Coast bias thing. They're not going to get the love that they should, but I'm telling you right now, the Huskies are going to be national championship contenders with that roster and Penix coming back. Heck yeah. And so maybe my little seahawks Geno eventual succession plan has to wait another year. We've talked on this podcast before about the decision that Geno has to make and the Hawks have to make, that he's playing so well and he's on a one-year deal that he's going to be due a lot of money in the offseason, and deservedly so. We're talking the neighborhood of north of $25 million at least. And he deserves it. Will the Hawks pay it? I would like to think so, but, um, you know, they're businessmen. John and Pete, they know what they're doing. Um, but I'll tell you what, they're, they're a lot more likely to fork out that cash now with that comeback win we just saw. So that's what you take from this game. What? It's so easy and we we're talking about the social media stuff a little while ago. It's so easy to look at something like this. At least from some folks on social media. If you've covered the Hawks or if you've watched the Hawks, you look at it big picture. And that's why you've got some of the great reporters that cover this team in this business, you know, the the Greg Bells, the Bob Kondotas, the Michael Sean Dugars, the list goes on. Larry Stones always at those games, right? But for a casual fan, or maybe just somebody on social media, that you see this all too often. The problem is they dominate the conversation. You'll look at this and you'll say, or those folks will anyway, and say, wow, okay, it's just one win that they were favored by seven to win. Wake me up when they beat the Chiefs or the Niners or something like that. But I'm telling you, you cannot look at games like that. Because then you're going to be all shocked when the Seahawks make the playoffs. You look at this game as a team... That again, all the stuff I just said about winning the comeback, and you take away from it the things that might be a play going forward. You take away from it the fact that Geno Smith just added another tool to his arsenal, at least from the, hey, prove it standpoint. I mean, clearly he had this in them the whole time, so he would always say, I've got that in me, and of course he does. But nobody can dispute it now, because we've all seen it, Right. That's what you take from this game. You don't take from it the win, the one win, the 7-5 and five record, except in the context that, yes, it improves the playoff positioning. You take from this win the way this team played, the way they won, the way they weathered the storm, the way they put the emotions of playing their former teammate Bobby Wagner aside and found a way to win. Listen, it's the NFL. Not to be cliche about it, but anything can happen. And a lot of stuff did happen in this game. But that's what you take away from it, that they were able to weather all that, absorb all that anything can happen stuff and find a way to win. That's what's special about this game. And, uh, you know, you look at the little things in it. Geno MVP numbers, Tariq Woolen another interception. You know, Kenneth Walker got hurt. We'll see how that goes. Um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett each, each with over 120 receiving yards. I mean, come on. That's just fantastic. And, you know, the crazy thing to me is when you really look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Desmond Hawks receiver, receivers, you know, and I just think that overall, uh, this is a team that is quite versatile and nobody thought they were in the preseason. And that's why I think a lot of people don't give them credit when they are in those close games. I think that overall, this is something that you can be really excited about looking forward, and the playoff picture is going to be a wild one. You know, if you look at it from the NFC perspective, if the playoffs started today, the Hawks have the last seed, and not that I care about matchups because that's obviously going to change. But if the playoffs started today, they would be at Minnesota. That'd be a tough game in uh, as the seven versus the two game. But the reality is, the sixth seed is the Giants, seven four and one, a tie better than the Hawks. Okay, that gets you at San Francisco. Speaking of the Niners, they're only 8 and 4, one game ahead of the Seahawks. And and guess what? You play a game against them on the 15th, just 10 days away. So there's a lot to be sorted out. And if there was any confidence wavering, which that's okay when they lost two in a row, I think that the Hawks made a statement. And Pete Carroll said as much. He said, you know, the Geno made a statement about who he is. And he loved it. He was, you know, in that infectious Pete Carroll energy. He, he made it known that's what this was about. And that was, was what was really special to see. So I think that that's a really, um, gosh, it really sets the table for what we're going to see in the home stretch. I mean, here's the deal. If in that game on the 15th, if in that wild card game, the Hawks have to dig deep. And find a way to win in the last couple minutes, you'll point to that L.A. game as an example or the example, whatever it may be, of what this team can do when the going gets tough, to be cliche about it. So I love where this team stands, and I, I just don't want to hear any negativity about it. You know, if the Hawks finish 7-10, and 10, which they won't, I, I guess I can't totally guarantee that, I really don't think they will. If, you know if they finish seven and ten, you know what? it's not like we put too much stock in this. It just showed us it just shows us what they're capable of and gives you more confidence in what they're going to do going forward. They've proven they're a good team with the wins we've seen over the Giants and, and other squads like that. We'll get more tests down the home stretch when they play at Kansas City and the Jets come here to town. Games like that. I mean, the Panthers next week. I don't care what their record is. It's the NFL. Panthers beat up on the Buccaneers, who obviously don't have a winning record either, but they're not bad. Playing later. That's what I think you have to take away from this game is that this team is capable, and every time they get a win like this, it's another chance for you to uh, pull up those August projections that said the Broncos were going to contend for a Super Bowl and the Hawks were going to contend for the number one pick, and try to tank and try to draft C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, when anybody who actually knows the Seahawks, A, knew they were going to be better than that, the over five and a half, I cashed in on, my friend did it, my brother did it anyway, but I told him to do it. So I'm calling that like a proxy, like, hey, I'm taking credit because I told you to do it. Um, you know, I think that anybody who picked the Hawks to be a top five drafting team and thought they were going to take a quarterback. Doesn't know anything about this team because you don't. You know that Pete and John, you know they drafted Russ in the third round, right? Like it, they're not going to, unless it's a generational guy. Which one of those players may be? They're not going to do it. I, and in fact, if they end up with the Broncos getting a top five pick, if they if the guy's still there, they're going to take you know the dude from U C or UCLA, yeah, Alabama. That's you know the, the generational linebacker that's going to transform that defense. Right away, pairing up with Jordan Brooks. I mean, that's a scary thought. Will Anderson. Anyways, let's not get too out of, far ahead of ourselves. We wanted to make this a quick 20-minute podcast for you. Quick little on-your-way-to-work lunch break. Just something you can fit in with enough time. But the goal of, of me talking to you all today is enjoy the win as you should any win. Don't let anybody at the water cooler talk you down about, Wow, oh, how was the Rams? Oh, it was John Wolford at quarterback. Cooper Cup's out. Ellen Robinson's out. I do not care. And neither should you. Because if the playoffs started right now, the Seahawks would be in. They found a way to show us that they are a playoff caliber team. Geno Smith said it best. You, you're going to have games like this in the playoffs, and you need to show you can win it. Well, guess what? The Hawks did. And. It's going to be a skill they can use. You know what? They grew. They couldn't get it done against the Raiders. And I still contend there's a couple really bad calls that cost them. The uh, fumble that wasn't from Josh Jacobs, even though it really was. The drop that wasn't, that was apparently for DK Metcalf, even though it wasn't. I think ultimately you don't want to place anything on the refs. And yeah, they needed to stop Josh Jacobs, okay. But I still think we would have seen the game-winning ending we all wanted, if not for those two calls. But I guess the bottom line is they didn't close that one out. But guess what they did the week later? They closed out the win that mattered in crunch time, which they were unable to do the week before. And that is growth. That is progress. And let's see how much this team grows against the Panthers coming up on Sunday and then followed up by the Niners. And then we'll have a much more clear picture. It won't be crystal clear, but it'll be much more clear about what's going to happen in the playoffs. And Najee will join me later this week uh, for that preview of the Panthers. So, hey. Great weekend in Seattle sports Hawks win Huskies to the Alamo bowl. Michael Penix is coming back Huskies basketball. My guy coach hop gets the win without Frank Kepnon, who's out for the season. That's a bummer. And let's just see if the Kraken now can make it eight of nine when they take on Montreal Tuesday. Hey, I hope you really enjoy our podcast. Download it, subscribe. We really appreciate that. The Como sports end zone. We're going to be bringing this to you in video in the very near future as well on the Como YouTube page and streaming live at como news.com. But until then, and even after then, uh, keep downloading it wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you so, so, so much. Uh, thank you so much. Go Hawks and watch Como News every night, 6 and 11. I'll join you there. Take care, everybody.